Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 88. Wet ass pussy. If you know, you know, right? Wop, whoppity, wop, wop, wop. Um, you already know I'm going to talk about this song. And I just want to say, can we just have a, a shout out to dry ass pussy? To the pussy that's not getting fucked? To the pussy that's comp- like hairy as hell? To the pussy that is just c- closed? Hence mine, okay? I am on a fast and... I, it, this fast doesn't mean that by the end of the 30 days that I've been, that I'm on it, um, that I'm just going to fuck, right? It just means that I don't know the next time I'm going to fuck. I really don't. And But I know that I will be more intentional and I am going to just lay off of the casual sex for now. Um, for maybe for, I don't like forever. Forever sounds so daunting, but for now and for period, just period, poo. That's just how I'm feeling. And that's just more of the reason why I had to go on this fast. But anyways, wet ass pussy is the theme. And apparently every woman has wet ass pussy. Okay. None of y'all got, can we talk about this one time I was with this guy and pussy was dry. Oh, this is minute one. Okay. Pussy was dry dry like my throat was dry at that point too like my lips were dry cracking it was arizona arizona okay so i you know i get it wet ass pussy is more you know idolized and attractive (laughs) but me (laughs) let me say what i have right now Dry as fuck pussy. Can we do that? Daff. Daff. Dry as fuck pussy. That's what I have right now. Um, Clothes pussy. Um, Dead. uh, Broken pussy. (laughs) Shout out to Issa Rae. That's it. So wet ass pussy. I get it. Um, What I do love about this movement, because I'm going to call it that, is more than a song in my perspective. It's a movement. It's a movement to own your sexuality. And I've been saying this for the longest on my podcast. And I've been preaching this um, on my Instagram at Hema Moore and at God Built This Pod. But I, I talk about this a lot because for so long, women has been, um, we've been oppressed sexually, physically, spiritually, religiously, like it, all the lees, nigga, all the lees. And I am tired of it, as are many other women are. Um, and I feel like with more records like this by artists who are mainstream, who are popular, who are revered in this industry, it's a powerful movement. And it gives people the permission. Unfortunately, people do look at celebrities and see them as role models or see them as um, a green light for them to do what they really want to do in their own life, which is kind of sad. Like, just do what you want to do in your life. But since Cardi B says it or since Nicki Minaj or Megan Thee Stallion says it, go ahead and do it now. 
whatever works and floats your boat. But I hope everyone is thinking for themselves. That's my own push in life. But um, I feel like with this movement, you know, you're going to have people who are for it, of course. And you're going to have people who are not. You're going to have people who are thinking this is not becoming of a woman. This is not becoming of a lady. This is not becoming of a pastor's wife, right? This is not becoming of a female, period. And what I have to say to that is dry ass pussy. That's what it is because that's such a turnoff for me because I want us all to allow people, whether man or woman, to own their shit, to be who they desire to be or to act in a way that best empowers them as long as it obviously doesn't hurt anybody else. And what I've been noticing a lot on my timeline is that there's this respectability politics going on still. There is still this, you know, a woman shouldn't behave like this. And people are bringing up the conversation of, well, there are not a lot of women or female rappers out there who are speaking from the standpoint of just being um, uh, like a, a woman who's not putting their sexuality on a plate. And people are referencing Lauren Hill. And they're saying, well, Lauren Hill, she was a respectful woman, right? She, you know, didn't have to show tits and ass. And she had locks in her hair. She had natural hair. And this is the the epitome of what a woman should be or what a woman should look like. Yet, these same niggas saying that, hotep niggas, let's, let's make it clear. And I've talked about hotep niggas, hotep nigga 101. That's an episode from uh, previous weeks ago. And I want y'all to check that out. But hotep niggas are the main ones pushing this rhetoric of what a woman should be and how a woman should behave and act. But y'all not fucking these women. Let's just, can we just talk? Hello? Y'all are not fucking these women. Y'all not fucking these Lauren Hills. I'm sorry, Erica Badu's. Not in the, not in the droves that you are fucking a Cardi B. Okay. I remember hanging out with this guy. Well, this guy, Boston Bay. Let me just make it clear. Me and him haven't been at all. It's still nothing. Um, he has been trying to like kind of fill me out to see if I'm if I have a little door open for him, because he'll hit up my DMs talking about laughing emoji. Nigga, keep the laugh to yourself. You don't have to tell me you're laughing at whatever I said on Instagram story. And it's funny because he will laugh at um the memes that I will post and these memes will be specific to not specific to him but it could completely relate to him and it's just so happened that he comes across it like you don't come across none of the other pictures that I post or none of the other rants that I post where you come across this one meme that's about hood niggas okay like really there was this one meme that I posted I was like uh hood niggas always say, um, I don't know why I like you. You just different. And that's exactly what Boston Bay said to me many times when we were kicking it. He will, I'm like, oh, why do you like me? Or, you know, why do you, 
And you know what? I'm done saying that question, asking that question, because I feel like that comes from a space of insecurity and low self-esteem. And I'm realizing that that is very insecure because why wouldn't you like me? That's really the question. You know, the other question that's showing your insecurity is, um, why did you choose me? What about me that you chose um, rather than this other girl? You know, that's a place from insecurity. And I want us to be aware of how that sounds because at the end of the day, it should really be, of course you chose me, nigga, right? It should really be, why wouldn't you choose me? It should really be, you fucked up because you didn't choose me. That's what it should be. Not, uh, why did you? What about me? Please tell me my worth because I clearly don't know it. We need to break away from that question. I know it's like a cute question to ask because at one point you're thinking, you just want your man to kind of fill you up with compliments, right? You want him to make you feel good. But then again, it's still coming from a place of doubt, as if your goodness is not really clear to you and you need someone else outside of you to tell you you're good. So let's learn how to reword or just rethink ourselves because, ugh, and I've, I've been there I haven't said that in a little while, so I think I'm getting better for my self-esteem. That's great. But let's just be mindful of that because I used to say that a lot. I used to ask that a lot. Why do you like me? What made you choose me? <laughs> what about me that you like? Nigga, what about me that you don't like? <laughs> like, what do you mean? You, Of course you like me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Of course. Of course you're calling me right now. Huh? Of course you can't stop thinking about me. Of course you're hitting my DMs. One because you're crazy, and two because you, I'm that bitch. Let's just let's just think about that. Let's just think like that for ourselves. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, so yeah, I will post those memes. Like, um, hood niggas be like, I don't know, you just different. And I and I was speaking about that because I feel like at that time I was thinking, oh my god, <laughs> he says I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, we're all different, yet we're all the same in so many ways. So shut the fuck up and try again. That's not enough for me, okay? That's not enough, period. So never mind enough for me. That's not enough. That's not an answer. That that's You know how you're not answering a question directly? No. Specifically, what is it that you like about me? You know, and you starting off with a I don't know hood nigga alert, red flag alert. No. Okay. But that's what he used to always say to me. And I would take that with so much pride, y'all. I would be like, <laughs> he don't know, but he says, I'm just so different. I'm just different. I'm different than these other girls. And it's like, I don't feel like, and that's not just not a compliment because at the end of the day, I get what he's trying to say. Like, I'm not, because he's a hood nigga. Let's just, and I'm not like these hood rats, right? And I, and then I, I'm recognizing the language in that because that's fucked up. Like, hood rats are great in their own way, too. And I'm great in my own way. And I feel like you don't have to compliment me by shaming other women, you know? So you don't have to call me, oh, you like a Lauren Hill. You are respectful. You're classy. You know, you're not like these sluts out here like a Cardi B. Like, I don't like that. We shouldn't have to 
speak like that or compliment each other or be complimented in a backhanded way. Like you're still speaking down on my fellow sister, right? On my fellow girlfriends. You're you're talking down to me still. Like I am a reflection of my girlfriend. I'm a, a reflection of my sister. I am a reflection of women. And however we reflect to each other, about each other, I should still uphold that with integrity and not feel like I'm better than you because well, I'm not like, he says I'm different. I'm not like these other girls. So it is like, okay, bitch. Like he was still fucking those other girls anyway. He was still fucking those same girls. He's calling you different. He was still fucking those same hood rats, those same bitches on, on his block. Like we don't have to do that. And this other guy that I dated, this Jamaican nigga, Houston nigga, I talked about him briefly on my podcast and I, and I met him in Houston. We dated for a little bit. I remember our first date that we had, he was like, you know, he doesn't like um, women. No, he, he says, I'm, oh, I'm different because I'm, um, I, I'm more respectful, at least on that date, because he soon found out that I'm not that. I'm not that, okay? Uh, I mean, I'm respectful, but I'm not no bitch, right? I'm not going to submit to you when you're just a, a plain old idiot. I'm not even going to submit to you. Let's just call it what it is. But I, I think there's some submission. Some submission is okay when you're being led by someone who knows what the fuck he's doing or he, who has a brain, right? Let's start there. Do you have a brain? I'm sorry. Do you know how to speak? Huh? Do, do you know how to write? Do you know how to count money? Do you know how to save? Do you know how, do you have a credit? Um, if you don't have any of that, how am I submitting? Who am I? Sub what? I'm submitting to debt, nigga. I'm submitting to, uh, stupidity. Like you are dumbass, but I'm submitting to you because you're my man. Because you're a man. No, and a lot of these uh, niggas got me fucked up thinking that, oh, just because they're men, women are just supposed to submit. That's not how it goes, and that's not how it should be. Period. So anyway, I remember on the, our first date, he said something to that sort of, um, like I'm I'm respectful or something, and you know, like I'm a nice. I'm nice. That's what he was saying. So, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. He was saying, I'm nice. I know I'm a nice girl. I'm sweet. And I am. I am all those things. And I'm going to call you out when necessary, right? If I want, right? Um, so I'm all of those things in conjunction of those other traits as well. So that's why I say it's not productive, nor will I accept niggas Ex give, extending me a compliment by backhanding my fellow women, um, women friends. And so he was like, yeah, you're nice. Um, he brought up how he just dealt with many women before and they're like, they're bitches. Like, yo, women are really bitches or women are mean. Um, you know, they're rude and they don't know how to just like stop talking or like he was just saying stuff like that. And I'm just sitting there like, what the f <laughs> And he was speaking specifically about black American women. This is a shot to y'all and I'm sorry, but this is 
really what he was coming from. He was coming from the standpoint of black American women are the rude ones, are the ones who don't know respect, who don't have that Caribbean upbringing. Because, you know, there's a difference. And I, I get what he's saying because culturally there's a difference from Caribbean women to black American women. And some what I've experienced is black American, a lot of black American girls who were born and raised in America, in the States, um, they just have a different upbringing than Caribbean women. So like for me growing up, you go into a room and there's adults there, there's your elders there. You greet everyone, okay? Coming from a Haitian background, Haitian household, Haitian church. As soon as you enter a room, you say hello, you greet everyone. I don't care if there's 12 elders in the room. You go to the first, second, third, eighth, 12th, until you get to that 12th elder, you greet and say the same thing. And the greeting is kiss, not no hello, not no wave, not no handshake, not no, hey, how's it going? No, no, no. You go to them, to their face, kiss them on the cheek, and you smile. You say, you know, Kijon, yeah, so I'm Haitian. So you speak in the in your native tongue to them. You show them grace. You show them respect. And that's just in our world culture. You have to do that. And if you don't do that, you are categorized as flickon. Okay. You're you're rude. You're disrespectful. And that's just you, that's that's the shit you do. Okay. And I, of course, when you get older, you know, maybe you just created this own persona of yourself and you just like do whatever the fuck you want. And that's okay, fine, do what you want. But growing up, that's what is expected and that is what's required. And so I know that's very similar in other um, Caribbean backgrounds, but I could speak firsthand in my Haitian background. So there's that. Yet in Black American households, it's not as strict as... I, as it is in Haitian households. So maybe when they come into a room, they don't have to say hi to any, everyone there. Maybe they only got to say hi to that one person they're looking for. Right. Um, I've read different stories of the different tweets of this, um, of this black American girl coming into a room and she didn't say shit to the family there. She just went straight to her, her baby daddy and didn't reverence, didn't refer, didn't, speak or say hello to the mother in the room, the father in the room. It's like just how things are in every household, of course. But it's also about like, this is just more of the culture, right? This is just more of the culture. So in some culture is, is more specific to respecting your elders, um, showing reverence to them. As with some other cultures, there's that lag. There's that, you know, very lackadaisical and it's very chill, you know? Um, I know... Black American, some, of course, some, not all, some Black American families, you know, they may let their their child sleep outside, right? Not outside, like outside on the porch. I mean, like outside of their home, their friend's house, um, at their boyfriend's house. <laughs> if I even think about sleeping outside of my Haitian house, huh? Uh, please don't even don't even consider that you know so there's the difference there going out or staying out late um even being in your adult age so even being past 18 so whether it's 19 20 early 20s um you could be college age 
Haitian parents, Caribbean parents don't play that. Like you live under my house, you come in at a certain time, you know? And if you don't, then it's going to be an issue. We're going to possibly <laughs> threaten you to get the fuck out. Um, but Caribbean parents don't really kick their, kick their children outside of their house. <laughs> That's really the thing. Like Caribbean parents, Haitian parents, we, you stay home <laughs> and it's fine. It's not weird. It's not like you got to get out. You got to be an adult. They don't, we don't have that same mindset as Americans do. Black Americans, white Americans, no. Um, the whole notion of once you're 18, you're an adult. We don't have that in in the Haitian community. Is no, you're still my child, and you live in this house until you get married. <laughs> um, so when you are the child of Haitian parents and you decide to leave outside of the house and um, live on your own before you get married, if you so choose, then it's it's a little bit of a big deal, but they get, eventually get over it. Anyway, the point of what I'm saying is the culture is different. And so when the guy I was, when Houston and girl was saying how black American girls are rude and disrespectful, he also comes from a Jamaican background. So he comes from a culture, a cultured Caribbean background. And so his perspective is warped in that sense. But the point is when men give out compliments to women that they're dating, that they're interested in, interested in, that they're fucking, I feel like it doesn't, like, it just, just know how to talk. Like, that's really where I'm coming from. Some of y'all just don't know how to talk. And y'all think it's funny to clown other women while uplifting yours. That's not an upliftment. Just compliment me just based off of me, not based off of, well, my ex wasn't like this. I'm so happy you're like this. Like, uh, and I get it. We all, you know, people say, don't compare. You shouldn't compare your ex to your guy that you're dating now. I get it, but we're all comparing. Let's just be honest. You should compare. You should realize if there's a pattern here in your behavior. If all you are doing is dating niggas who don't give a fuck about you, compare that shit. You know, like realize <laughs> I'm dating the same type of men, right? If But if we don't compare, then we're just going to keep on doing the same thing over and over again, not realize we're insane, huh? Anyway, what? how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> Wet ass pussy. I want to get back to that. So we get, yeah, so we get into the respectability politics. We get into why women are perceived to be a certain way. And as I was looking into Lauren Hill, someone, because I love her music. You know, we all do. She is a gem. Even though people clown her, sometimes I clown her too because she'd be late um, all the time. I think what she has contributed to the industry to the culture is is goals is unmatched it's uh it's precious so let's not take that into any um any foul things but i do want to go into her song lauren hill uh do wop that thing okay so you know that song girls you know you better watch okay i want to just really go into some of the lyrics here because i'm realizing how how she is kind of doing the same things as some of these hotel diggers are doing. It is unfortunate, but misogyny is not exclusive to men. Okay, let me say that again. Misogyny is not exclusive to men. You may think, how? What do you mean? Misogyny, misogyny is men. Like men uplift misogyny. Yes, and 
Yes, and women can also. And so what I mean by that is there's, it could be your auntie, it could be your mother, it could be yourself. And we do it in ways that feel so natural to us. And we don't realize that, oh no, I'm upholding this patriarchal society. I'm upholding these beliefs that stemmed in misogyny. And this song, a couple of the lyrics that I just literally, you start off the song and you hear the, the shaming of women coming from the song. And it, it comes from just a place of, you know, you know how religion, right? We are those who grew up in a religious background, whether it's Christianity, Seven Day Adventist, the the rhetoric is pretty similar. Okay, women are virtues. You know, you should be a virtuous woman. You should be a Proverbs woman, right? You should be a pure woman, and the focus is for women to be holy, to be pure, to be sanctified, to be untouched. And when a woman is embracing her sexuality, when a woman is wanting to fuck, period, let's just say that, whether it be because they just want to, or they just, like, that's literally it. I think this whole, well, sex is for, um, what is it? Reproduction, right? Sex is to have children. <sighs> no, like I don't think that's. I think that's. A, I think that's also a stem of patriarchy. That is also a stem of misogyny because you're telling me my body that allows me to be pleased sexually is not for that. It is in fact just to produce these babies. As for men. They are encouraged and praised to go ahead and soil their royal oats. They're go they're encouraged to go ahead and fuck whoever's available. And you know, when you get married, you know, really be that upstanding husband. And even when you are married, a lot of men, a lot of husbands who have cheated, who are cheating, I think there is still not enough uh, I don't want to say punishment, but there's still not enough acknowledgement around that and not enough finger wagging to that, right? Has for women who our wives who happen to cheat, they are the scum of the earth. Husbands can't forgive them. It is nothing, there is nothing there to be forgiven. There's nothing there to be understood. And so I think about how it is so embedded in us to be misogynistic, like period. Like we have been conditioned to believe Women are supposed to be a specific way. Men are supposed to be a specific way. And then let's go down to more identities. Black men are supposed to be a specific way. Black women are supposed to be a specific way. And so when you come out with a song, wet ass pussy, let's be clear. Nikki, not Nick, I'm sorry. Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion are not the first female rappers to come out with songs that is... Um, that are about sexual empowerment. That's about sexual desires. Little Kim have paved the way for them. Foxy Brown have paved the way for them. So let's just be clear. The This is a trend that has been going on for many, many years. But when now, when you come out with the song, Wet Ass Pussy, it goes against 
the the portrayal of how women were taught to be. And now we live in a world where we are more progressive. We are. We are more owning of ourselves in our own thoughts and our own mindsets. So we're able to really just just kind of be our full self no matter what. But yeah, there's a lot of the the past uh conditioning that still remains in us. There's a lot of the residue that's still in us that we have to wash out, that we have to unlearn. So we have to unlearn certain rhetoric that we have held for so long that is about women being a specific way. So now let's get into this song. I'm gonna play just a little bit of it. And she starts off, Lauren Hill starts off strong. And again, I'm going over um, doo-wop that thing. Okay, let's go. Okay, so let's get into the first few lines. It's been three weeks since you were looking for your friend, the one you let hit it and never called you again. Okay, look, I have started this podcast for many reasons, but one of the reasons why is to tell y'all about stories of when I've let niggas hit it and they've never called me again. Okay, I have said continuously throughout this podcast how I have let niggas hit it and never been called again, or I've had let niggas hit it and I've never called them again. So it's been both ways, right? But the point is, there is, um, she's talking off and like, okay, I, I want you to see your pattern. I want you to see this shit, right? I want you to see that every time you open your legs, you've opened your legs yet again, and he didn't call you back, sis. <laughs> he didn't call you back, sis. Um, and she could also be just be speaking in the standpoint of, you know, I want you to, I want you to want better for yourself. And that's cool and all. I respect that. But there's also this underlying shame of women who may just may just want to fuck right who may just want to just be hit right who who may just want nothing more than just that and don't care if the man called them again right um she goes on um what she said like you wasn't down and you called him again plus when you give it up so easy you ain't even fooling him okay so what does that mean? You give it up so easy, you ain't even fooling him. I mean, ugh. and yes, I feel like I'm, what is it? The tea calling the kettle black. Who the fuck made that damn line? Oh, this, can we go, is that from the slavery days? Because tea is calling who, these are inanimate objects. What? Anyway, but y'all get the point. Look, yes, I'm coming from the standpoint of I am not having sex right now. I have intentionally put myself on a fast. I am doing some inner workings and healing to be vulnerable, to be operating from a place that is not fear-based rather than um, rather than fear-based um, bravery, honesty, transparency, love, gentleness. All that is great. Yes, that is my growth, right? Yet 
I can't say that everyone should be like me. Okay, I can only tell you my stories. I can only share with you my experiences, what I've been through, and hopefully it sparks something in you to be your own best self. Um, but I feel like when we discourage women from being sexual and we paint it in a, well, you're a gem, you're precious, you're all these things, I think it gaslights us because it makes us feel like, damn, so when I'm sexual, I should just suppress it? When I'm, when I'm feeling sexual or when I'm feeling horny, I should just suppress it? And no, that's the answer. I know that's a rhetorical question. I want to make sure that's clear. No, you shouldn't suppress it. You shouldn't suppress anything. I know suppression happens naturally when we're not ready to feel our feelings and move in them. But it's tricky when we go from, well, you know, you don't want to give it up so easy, right? Don't have sex with him on the first date. Don't you know, don't make him think that you're all about sex or that you're even horny. That's not your place. Or a man is the one who's supposed, like, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because we are all sexual beings. And let's just say that period point, like whether you're a man or a woman, we are all sexual beings and we are all, we all have emotions. And if we denounce our own humanity, then what are we doing? You know, what are we, what does that mean? Um, I feel like there's this, you know, there's this, there's this discouragement or there's this saying or stereotype actually that women shouldn't give it up on the first night, um, on the first date, because he really wouldn't be interested he wouldn't marry you. He's going to see you as a joke. He's not going to see you as a wife. And that has been the culture for a little while. I think just now, um, guys don't really care about that. And that's cool and all, but I don't know how, I don't know how much they really believe that because for so long it's been embedded in us to think if a woman decides, you know, if a woman gives it up too early, don't take her seriously. And it's like, but what if she just wanted to fuck you too? Like, what? <laughs> y'all are both grown. Y'all are both attracted to each other. The date went really well. Like, it, everything just hit off. Why not? That's really what I think about. Like, why not? Now you may think, oh, well, Maxine, but you're on a fast. That's not the point. <laughs> no, no, no. I get what you're saying. But my point is, why not when everything is right? You know, why not? Like if he has presented himself and obviously if we're talking in a heteronormative uh, relationship, <laughs> I don't want to be all <laughs> whatever, but this applies to anything, but I'm only speaking from a heteronormative situation just in this context. Um, but if we're speaking about, you know, if a man is interested in you and he pursues you and you're interested in him and he he meets your list right or he pleases you and he makes you laugh he makes you feel seen he's just right right and you're right and it's a right date and it's the right time it's like, i don't think you should feel uncomfortable to then have sex with him and it's the next day and now it's like, oh my gosh, suddenly that fear of, oh my gosh, what if that saying is right? 
what if he really doesn't want to marry me, right? And it's like, damn, it's the first date. But the point is, there's that fear that's embedded in us that we still have to unlearn, that we still have to unpack because for so long we've been conditioned to think that that is how women supposed to be. Women are not supposed to be sexual. Women are not supposed to have these sexual feelings. What? Women are not supposed to say wet ass pussy. I have women friends today who are my age who I don't even think they spoke about having their pussy eaten around me. Like, I don't think I've had a conversation with a few friends of mine who talks about one time or a few times with somebody and girl, he's a nice guy, but I'm really in it for the sex. He eats my pussy. Like, I don't have enough of those conversations. That's my point. And I think we should normalize those conversations. Let's talk about pussy eating. Let's talk about masturbation. Let's talk about our nipples being hard. Let's talk about, and let's call our periods what they are, periods, menstruation cycles. Let's say that. Let's say I'm ovulating right now. Like all of these things that are real to our bodies, right? If you're a woman, all of this that is real to us, we should feel comfortable to say it. We should start by one, saying it to ourselves, right? Looking in the mirror and be like, oh girl, instead of saying, oh, it's shark week. I'll be watching some people on YouTube. They say it's shark week, right? And this is obviously alluding to um, their periods or they'd be like, aunt Flo is here on flow. And I just think one, why are you whispering to me? What, what are we doing? Why are you whispering? Two, who the fuck is on flow? Like you, nobody has an on flow and I get it. It's just a thing to say, you know, I don't want to say the real thing. No one wants to talk about the blood that coming out of my pussy. No, nobody wants to say pussy like that. Can we go in and just listen to, um, Cardi real quick? Because the, when she just starts off saying pussy, I think everything in me just jumped for joy. I love this part in the song. Let's just listen to it for one second. Let me start right here. Okay. That's how we should be saying our pussies. Not on flow, huh? Not uh, down there, not the kitty cat. No, no shade to Beyonce. <laughs> I love that song too. You know, I ain't sleeping alone. I love that song. But um, the point is say pussy more, right? Say this to yourself more. Self, I have a pussy. I don't have a kitty cat. I don't have a down. What is, what is a down there? Down there is a location, huh? It's a direction. It's not the name of a spot. It's not the name of your genitals. It's, it's where, where is down there? What down there are you referring to? Your pussy, your vagina, right? Um, so let's normalize that more. And it starts with normalizing it within ourselves. Then it starts with normalizing it, not starts, but it continues normalizing it with your circle, with your friend group. Talk about it with your friend. Maybe it could inspire your friend to be more comfortable saying pussy. 
huh? And maybe you could stop saying pussy with a whisper and you could speak like a grown ass adult. The fuck? I can't stand. Don't say kitty cat to me anymore. Don't say art flow to me. Don't say down there. Don't say, you know, you know, don't, don't even whisper to me. I don't care. I don't want to hear that. You have a pussy like me if you're a woman. Okay. So respectability politics, the thing. <laughs> and I want us to debunk. I want us to debunk this. I want us to stop Stop feeling insecure about ourselves. Stop feeling insecure about our decisions. You decided to fuck him on the first night because it was right. It felt good. Oops, sorry. It felt good. <clears throat> it felt like the right choice at the time, okay? Maybe... <laughs> maybe, you know, a week later you realize, damn, he really wasn't shit, right? Maybe. And maybe there's something to be said about what Lauren really meant. Like, don't give it up to niggas who really aren't worth it. And I, I'm in agreement with that, which is why, <clears throat> which is why I've been on this fast. I'm in agreement with that because sometimes when we give it up, there is this regret because we realize, oh, he's he really ain't shit. Oh man, I just I just gave it up to a whole type nigga again. Fuck, he's talking about astrophysics again. I what? <laughs> I don't want to be here. I hate it here. So I get that, but I don't like. What I don't like is the whole, you give it up so easy. Because what if you gave it up so quote unquote easy to a good guy and it wasn't a, and what are you giving up? And see, this is this, this the language around it. Giving up, he took my virginity. <laughs> this is all a social construct. This, this really isn't real, y'all. I know I'm sounding crazy at this point. <laughs> Let me calm down. But it really isn't real. Like this whole virginity, and I get it. Virginity is just for those who haven't had sex and took away your virginity is for those who just now had sex, right? Who did it for the first time. I get that, but I think there is still this identity wrapped into your virginity, wrapped into your sexuality. And we are more than that. We are more than our vagina or pussy. We are more than that. And we should be able to be our whole self. We should be able to be our full self despite what society has conditioned us to be. Okay, so I encourage you all to say pussy. Let's start there. Say with me, pussy. And say without a whisper, pussy. Okay, um, and men, I encourage you all to stop complimenting the lady of your interests by putting down other women, whether they're your ex or not. Like, I feel like, you know, there's this grace we give people when they talk about their ex poorly because, oh, you know, they've been in a hurtful relationship that, you know, that shit was toxic and they probably just need a vent and you are there for them. I get that. But I also think there's an extension to it that should be stopped. You shouldn't still be talking about your ex and how she wasn't respectful, how she didn't submit to your dumb ass. She didn't submit to you because you don't know how to count. You don't know money. Huh? You don't know how to cook. 
but you want a girl to submit to you. Nigga, we're eating at Hooters again this week. I'm tired of eating this burger. Submission to what? (laughs) To what? What is it that I'm submitting to? A dumb ass life? Huh? Anyway, I really, I'm thinking about that date. That was a crazy ass day. And and here's the thing. I still gave it up to him, right? And And that's where I could agree with some of the things that Lauren is saying. Because it's like, yes, our thing, right? Our pussy is precious. And they be tying out, like, this be tying out niggas. Or attracting the wrong ones. I don't know if they stay tied down. Let me stop. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like our our bodies are um are for sale. Let's say that. I know that's horrible to say, but like people pay good money. <laughs> people have lifestyles built just off of and so when we are not allowing women to access their full self, it, it discouraged that. Right. And also when we, if we're looking for a relationship, if we're looking for, um, a commitment, right. We should be just a little bit more mindful, right. Maybe if you want to give it up the first night, do what you want. Do what you want. Do what you want. Um, but I also think that we should not shame women who do that. And we should come from a standpoint of it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not wifey material. Like, I don't even know what that means anymore. What is wifey material? Because people stay talking about, well, you know, I want a freak in the sheet and a lady in the street. And it's like, I'm both, though. Like, I could be a freak in the street. Like, public sex is a thing. People have that. It's not anything new. It's not something that should be um, put down. It is normal. That's actually a goal, okay? If, you know, if I'm dating someone and we just happen to be feeling it, (laughs) hey, girl, (laughs) hey, nigga, (laughs) let's go into this fitting room real quick. Let's go to this airport bathroom, not the airport, but the airplane bathroom real quick. Let's go, let's be a part of the mile five, was it mile high club? You know? So the point is, be a freak however you want. And when you realize if you are giving up, giving up, I can't, what other way I should say, I don't know. But if you are realizing that, man, I've been opening my legs to these niggas and haven't been receiving anything in return, anything substantial in return, whether that's commitment, whether that's honesty, whether that's respect, love, kindness, like literally the basic human needs. Like, yes, we need water, shelter, all these things, right? But also we need love. We need kindness. We need comfort. We need compassion. And if we're realizing all the guys that we are, that we fucked um, haven't given us not one of those things, then let me go ahead and play that do wop again because Lauren Hill has a point for you, for you. Um, and in the same breath, if you are just wanting to fuck, 
like, I don't see a problem in that, right? I don't see a problem in that. So being in this whole celibate uh, space I'm in, um, it's really just for me. It's not for me to necessarily, I'm going to get a husband out of this by the end of the 30 days. That's not my goal. My goal is to just be more fulfilled in myself. It is to be more confident in myself, to be healed from past trauma, um, reference the last episode, is to be vulnerable and to be brave in that and to be full in that um, and to not operate, from a, not operate from a state of fear anymore. A lot of fear, um, we do a lot of things that is fear-based. You know, ghosting is fear-based. And you may think, why? You know, you just leave a nigga. You don't have to explain yourself. Sometimes you know. Sometimes n- these niggas don't need an explanation. Sometimes you just gotta go. Just go. Block. Delete. This never happened. Um, but there is still this. I don't understand. When I put my phone on D and D, I still get a notification. What is that iPhone? How am I still getting a notification when my phone was on D and D? So annoying. Anyway, so. We come from just this, um, yeah, so we come from a place of fear. Fear has been a common place that we operate from, period. We ghost niggas because we don't want, and let me speak for myself, but I know many people could relate probably, but I've ghosted niggas or, and actually, I've ghosted niggas and I've cut it short with niggas, <laughs> niggas, um, very early on because ultimately fear has been the root, right? So if I give you my heart, if I give you consistency, if I give you my time, then I'm really going to fall for you and I'm really going to love you or like you and my heart's going to be open for you. And then you have control over my feelings. Then if you wanted to leave me and hurt me and abuse me. I'm giving you access to do so. So you know what? I'm going to do anything I can to avoid that because I'm afraid of that. And that's a place of fear. And then some people may think, well, that's um, that's good, right? You're able to protect yourself from being hurt. Yes and no. I think life is about risk. It's about chances. It's about going there. It's about taking a leap of faith. You know, we should be able to do what we want and not feel like I might get hurt. Oh, I'm going to get hurt. That's always a possibility. And what's also a possibility is being loved fully, being seen fully, being accepted, being heard. All of that is so beautiful. And just think about that. It's putting a smile on my face. That's beautiful. Anyway, let's move on. These wet ass pussy conversations got me going. I did not expect to talk about it for 50 minutes. I do want to talk about some politics and get going to um, Joe Biden, the nigga who the Democrats are pushing to be our next president of the United States of America. And first, let's talk about, I mean, this is so much. There's so much to pull from this past week because he's going off on these basement interviews, okay? He is going off on these basement interviews. And I just want to know one 
thing. Why is yes, that? Yes, by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Yes, and by the way, what you all know... <laughs> okay, so what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? This is what we're down to, y'all. Like, this is really it. This is our choice. This is our quote-unquote way out. And I don't feel enthused. I don't feel hopeful. You know, when Obama was running, he ran off of hope. That shit was the moneymaker, okay? he That's what got him into office. And, excuse me, not every... And not either one of these candidates... And including Kanye, oh gosh, not either one of them gives you hope. Not either one of them gives you any, any faith in the future, in the economy, in this society that we're in. It's like, we're all fucked and we got to choose which one is less fucked, still fucked, but less fucked. Biden is our quote unquote only hope. Um, at this point, the only reason why Biden is gonna be a vote from me, and even that saying that out loud sucks, but the only reason why he's gonna be a vote for me is based off of his VP. Whoever he picks for his vice president running mate, I I'm essentially voting for this person. Um, he has made a vow to make it a woman. And I think he particularly said a woman of color. Um, I hope he specifically goes with a black woman. Okay. Um, honestly, any black woman at this point, not any, but many of the ones who I've seen on the quote unquote list that's around. So whether it's Susan Rice, whether it's a Kamala Harris, um, I'm down for, okay. At this point, I'm voting for the VP and we need to, I know it's a culture thing to have our president to be at the brink of death. What? Why are we voting for niggas who are about to, y'all about to die. And I know that's ages. That's ages. An 80 year old could do the job just as well as a, just as well as a 50 or 40 year old. No, they can't. Like, can we, can we cut this shit? I know we gotta speak language right we gotta be more um inclusive we have to be more accepting of all people and understand that age is just a construct yes and no okay you're still about to die you're about to croak you need to lay down it's been eight hours for you like you can't work a full-time shift and I know you know how in in uh at jobs they have a mission statement that says we do not tolerate racism. You know we have affirmative action here. Um, we do not tolerate any discriminatory practices, whether that's um, disability, um, whether that's racial, sexual orientation, religious background, age. <sighs> Let's be honest. Who are the ones? holding these interviews 
right? Sometimes there are the white folks. Sometimes there are black folks, whomever. The point is we all have our own internalized biases. We all have our own thoughts and opinions about whether said person could do the job effectively. And yes, you have your credentials, you have your qualifications. But sometimes what you see on paper does not always translate well into you being a strong employee here at this spot, at this workplace. I had in a previous job of mine, <laughs> hey, what I'm about to say doesn't sound so fucked up, but I'm gonna say it. Okay, so in this previous job of mine, mind you, I work at a school. Yeah, I worked at at a school previous too. Um, I had a colleague who clearly was, I don't know if it was Down syndrome, autism, retardation. I know we can't say retardation anymore, retarded, but that's still technically the medical term. But okay, if you want to get your panties in a bunch. But that nigga had it all. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Down syndrome, um, Asperger's, like on the spectrum, nigga had it all. And he was a colleague. He he was a colleague, y'all. He was a, 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 not just a a lead teacher, but he was the co-lead teacher in a classroom. And I think about the statement of this workplace do not discriminate against any groups of people. I think about that and I feel like he was just performative for the workplace, just for the job to say, see, look, we don't discriminate. Look at this disabled ass motherfucker in our job. (laughs) Like, this nigga was disabled as fuck. And I don't know his credential background. I really don't know. I'm sure he had an education, right? He made a little bit this far, right? But the point is what he had on paper still didn't translate well because has all my teacher all my fellow teachers know when you apply to a teaching job not only do you have an interview but you have a mock classroom that you have to give a lesson to okay the purpose of that is not just to see if this teacher it's not just it's not just to see if you can deliver this lesson is to see if you can teach in this environment it's to see if the classroom, the demographic here can respect you as their teacher if we so choose to hire you, okay? And so it's not just about being knowledgeable about your content. There's a lot of people out here, whether they're teachers or not, who know how to write an essay, who know how to teach people how to write an essay. You don't necessarily need to have a teaching background or specific degree for me to trust that you know how to do some of the things that I do. And that's not, that's no shade. Like I'm so grateful for my master's degree in my school, um, my schooling years, all that was great. But the point is sometimes when you have all of the credentials and you're in the classroom, you're so good at teaching the content, that's great and all, but you also need to be good at knowing how to teach. Like knowing how to deliver this lesson, knowing how to be engaging, knowing how to be disciplinary, knowing how to just serve in the classroom, knowing how to own the classroom. If you don't know how to be an authority figure, you can't be in the classroom. What the fuck you doing here for? Huh? You you cowering in the corner because you're afraid of these black kids. 
and you, you're you're the one out of the 10 white teachers here and you're afraid of the black culture and you get hurt because uh, a black kid in the corner who's typically loud, quote unquote, who's typically always got a joke to say, said a joke about your your shoes and now you want to cry under your under your desk. I have so many white colleagues who have cried under their desk. I can't make that up. <laughs> hey, and you know, I come from a standpoint of being compassionate. I'm compassionate still, but it's also about like, okay, cool. You know how to teach, or you know about this content, right? You know how, you know about math. You have a math degree. You have an English degree. That's great and all. You have a science degree, but do you know how to teach in this environment? And before we bring you into this environment, I need you to, I need you to know how to be with black kids for a little bit. Anyway, where was I going with this? All I was saying that he was disabled as fuck. Let's just say that. Yeah, I know I'm talking from an ableist language, but he couldn't control the classroom. He couldn't control the classroom. He was freaked out every second. There were loud, like there were so many accommodations that we had to do for him that I'm sure was not helpful to his condition. Okay. Yes, he could be a teacher, but let it be in a different environment. That's the point. That's the point I'm saying. I'm not, you could be Asperger's and be a teacher, but you got to be teaching in a specific environment that works best for your whole self. Like now we got to turn down the lights and speak in a whisper voice because you got Asperger's? The fuck? Like you're coming into our environment. Now we got to change it up for you. I, I don't like that. Mm, I know I'm sounding privileged. But something to consider. Where was I going with that? I don't remember. The point is Joe Biden is the choice that's given to us. And Kanye is taking the votes from him. And Trump is looking like he'll be it. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're all freaking out. You know, a lot of people who I see on my Instagram, I'm not going to say this person's name, but she is very vocal on Instagram. She was on a talk show. She's a black woman. I'm, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say names anymore because some people might come across this and be like, oh, um, but I, that's all I'm going to say about her. But she was talking about one time, it was a tweet that Donald Trump tweeted yet again. And he said something about delaying his stay at the White House and possibly delaying the votes and like speaking in a way like I'm not leaving pretty much like y'all can't kick me out I'll leave when I want to and she was responding to that and she was crying y'all she was crying on the phone okay my phone was looking at I was looking at a woman crying over a tweet and feeling like the world was falling down. And I get it. We're in a crazy time right now. This pandemic is still here. There's cases rising. And there's a lot of things that we don't know what to believe. Like that black woman doctor who is, I don't know what type of African she is. But, you know, she's saying hydroxychloroquine is the cure for COVID-19 and 
Some people are for it. Some people look at her, has a laughing stock and all these. We're living in a fucked up time. I get it. But I feel like some things we have to use common sense for. Donald Trump doesn't have the power to delay the votes. Like, can we just talk? And maybe he does. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> Shit. Damn. If I'm wrong, and that sucks, right? Then I'm freaking out too. No, I could be wrong. But I feel like essentially what I'm saying is we freak out over things that shouldn't be freaked out about. I'm not going to freak out over a, over a tweet by Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said many things that I don't agree with, that I think is like so crazy. But we mesh ourselves in this culture where we're so hypersensitive, y'all. Calm down. And I know we shouldn't tell tell black women to calm down or to relax. I get that. That's a trigger. (laughs) But as a black woman, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Okay? Calm down. Anyway, so what's up with Joe Biden? <laughs> the, um, he ended up responding or clarifying what he meant by by that video that I just uh, played. And he still didn't make any sense, honestly. I mean, he still didn't make sense with why he said what he said. So his tweet says, earlier today, I made some comments about diversity in the African-American and Latino communities that I want to clarify. In no way did I mean to suggest the African-American community is a monolith. So why did you say it though? Like, that's the thing I don't understand. People say, no, I I didn't mean this. I, I didn't, but you exactly said what that meant, right? You just said, unlike the African American, African American community, the Latino community is diverse. So that's exactly what that means. Like, that doesn't make any This doesn't make sense, sir. Are you here? We need to stop. Oh, that's why I brought up the whole disability thing. <laughs> I forgot. My point is we do these performative acts, right? Because we want to show and prove to people, see, look, we're progressive. And we need to reimagine what a president looks like in the United States. We need to reimagine that a president does not need to be an old as fuck corpse anymore. We need to move forward from that. Okay. We need to normalize, hey, our next president could be in his or her 40s, huh? 50s. Let's, we should have an age limit. Maybe we should do that. Maybe that's too arbitrary. But the point is, if you're 70 and up, and I love Bernie Sanders, but then I think it was old too, but he wasn't as old and as brittle as a Joe Biden. I don't want to, like, what happened to Uncle Joe? Uncle Joe had the cookout invite. Uncle Joe, I was going over to his house for some tea, Uncle Joe. What happened to him? I don't understand. And that's just a, a, a testament that white men age terribly. God damn, and black men age like wine, baby. Like Obama could still get these hands. So what are we, I just, so he goes on to say that. Um, There's another uh, quick clip I want to show y'all that just made me cringe. Have you taken a cognitive test? No, I haven't taken a test. 
Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are you a joke? What do you say to President Trump? Why are we talking about cocaine, Joe Biden? Joe Biden, why are we why are we talking about cocaine? I, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I mean, at this point, are you okay? And I feel like we're the laughing stock because it's this Democratic Party that's pushing him on us that they they have to realize, yeah, he ain't all the way there either, girl. Like this can't just be in my head. I feel like I'm being gaslit. Like, y'all see the same things, right? I'm not going crazy. He's he's not in his right mind. He can't do the job. He can't do the job. So instead of us trying to be the America that's, I'm going to be performative. I'm going to be progressive. I'm going to elect or nominate or vote for a man who clearly is not cognitively there, who clearly can't find the words to say correctly what he needs to say, who clearly don't have the thought process well circulating in his mind, who's just fucked up. And it has a lot to do with his age. And I'm not saying all, how old is Joe Biden in his 70s? I'm not saying all 70 year olds are like this, right? But I'm saying some some of them are, and that is in due to the fact that they are at a particular age, right? Um, so going back to that colleague of mine who was disabled, I feel like it was just a performative gesture from uh, my previous workplace because it was just, look, look at us. We are progressive. <laughs> whenever you, and whenever I would visit that classroom, kids would be on the walls, okay? Kids were under desk, running on his desk, running around, throwing things at him. And it's like, why'd y'all invite him? <laughs> hey, invite him. Why'd y'all hire him? That's what I meant to say. Y'all, this was a lot. Um, but I think there's just, you know, I'm just I, 2020, baby. 2020. I wanted to talk and t- talk about something else. Do I have time? Hmm. But I just let me just say this. People, the friends in your life are mirrors of who you are. And I know that's a harsh reality. Um, That's a harsh truth to accept. But I realized that many, most of the friends I have, um, whether that's present, whether that's past, um, are reflections of me in some form or fashion. And I think about past past romantic relationships, past romantic situationships, they have been mirrors of who I am. And you may think, well, then why didn't it work out? You know, why did this friendship not last? Why did this relationship hurt me so badly? 
because this person may have revealed a truth about yourself through their own action that has now frustrated you, right? That has now made you feel uncomfortable. And so sometimes when we're uncomfortable, what do we do? We avoid, we shut down, we ignore, you know, we dismiss friends who remind us of our lower self. So I'm going to end it there. I'm going to add more detail into that into a future episode. But I wanted to just leave that as a little nugget, little chicken nugget for y'all. Because sometimes when we find problems in our friendships, because there is something in there that is a mirror of who you are. And now you have to really look within yourself and see what is that. And all of this is really just your own self-work. That's why I'm such an advocate for self-reflection, sitting down with yourself, journaling, um, praying, just sitting in silence and realizing who are you? What makes you who you are? Why do you act this way? Why are you quick to shut down? Why are you quick to get angry? Why are you quick to get defensive? What is that from? Where is that from? So, and when we see that in our partner, right? Maybe our partner quickly shuts down, quickly has an attitude and you get so annoyed with that. Like, damn, why are you always like that? Why can't we just have a conversation? Because maybe you're the same way, huh? Maybe he just, he's showing you who you are. She is showing you who you are. And so we have to just have more grace with ourselves more and sit back and realize, damn, maybe I'm the toxic one too. I'm not saying the other person is not toxic. Yes. (laughs) You know, I I am saying they are toxic too. Don't, don't get it twisted. Um, But I'm saying also, you also attract who you are. You, I I know that's a little uncomfortable, just like pussy. But um, you are who you attract in some way, form, or fashion, okay? So let's, I want you to leave with that and resonate. Hopefully that resonates and it could unravel something that needs to be unraveled within yourself so you could be your own best self, okay? I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I encourage you all to please, if you haven't yet, to like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, please follow God Built This Podcast at God Bu- God Built This Pod on Instagram. I appreciate all the support and, and feedback I've received and just love people just reaching out with their commentaries on, on whatever I said. Because, you know, I, I go in and out on different topics and I have an agenda. I always come prepared, but I go in these rants and I go on these tangents, but it's all for a larger point. And I'm so grateful that it resonates with somebody out there. So thank you guys for reaching out. I encourage it all. My DMs are open, but not to you thirsty niggas. But if you're a thirsty nigga who's fine as fuck, it's always open for y'all. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.